Hey, and welcome to my podcast, Means of Expression, where we talk about all things art and entertainment, from music, film, video games, and even the occasional celebrity scandal. There is so much creativity in the world, and as we deep dive these topics, we will learn how they all just boil down to being a means of expression for the creative thinkers of our world. Okay, hi. Hi, everybody. Hi, again. This is episode three of Means of Expression. Uh, We talk about a lot of fun things here. Today, there's going to be two main things that we're talking about. Um, But before we get into that, make sure to follow me on my socials. Uh, You can follow me at TikTok at means.of.expression. YouTube is at means of expression, point blank. That's it. And then... Uh, Twitter is just going to be means expression. But, so let's get into it, because there's so much. Like, oh my god. I mean, there's there, there's two topics, but there's a lot to them, you know? Like, there's a lot to these topics. Okay. So, hope you guys are doing well. Like, I really do. I really do. can be rough out there. Like... It really, it really can be, like, come on. So, hope you guys are doing well. Let me pull up my things. Ooh, hefty, hefty. Okay, fuck. So, look. We all, hopefully, know who Jeanette McCurdy is. Right? We, we all do, right? Um, I hope so. And if you don't know her as that, you're gonna have to know her at least by, like, a few of her roles. Um, she used to act. She doesn't really do it as much anymore. You should know her as fucking Sam Puckett from My Carly. And if you don't... If you don't, like, I'm so sorry. You, like, you're missing out on some 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 stuff okay some real good stuff um but we're gonna get we're gonna get into it um yeah but if you didn't know uh Jeanette McCurdy you know a lot of people know her from Sam Puckett from iCarly on Nickelodeon uh she wrote a memoir like last year um yeah she wrote a memoir about you know, essentially her her childhood stardom and everything. Um, I am dressed for the occasion, sort of. I don't know. Um, the book is called "I'm Glad My Mom Died." And hold on, hold on, okay, hold hold on because I understand like that's kind of an intense, crazy title, but it does make sense. It does make sense why it's called that. And uh, we'll get into that. But yeah, and the book is pink. So I was like, okay, let me just like put some pink on. But, so there's so many things about this book that made me want to talk about it. Um, it's been out for almost a year now. And that's why I decided to do that today. Um, actually, a little over a year because it was in like, mid to late august i think 
um yeah so it's just a good point like to like touch back on it like if if you haven't heard of it or read it or like listen to it or something i just thought it would be good to just like a little you know retouch on that whole thing so here we go so it's basically about her mom's role in childhood stardom um and like how she plays that role she was such a big part in this role and not many people understand or at least understood that her her mom so her mom's dream like her her mom's dream like her own want that she wanted to be famous she wanted to be an actress she she you know was obsessed with that hollywood like that hollywood life like i don't know just like all you know everything that comes with it and like you know i don't think people understand it completely until you're in it but that was her mom's dream uh so essentially what happened she put Jeanette into acting when she was like six years old um you know i mean she was trying to live her her dream you know vicariously through through Jeanette's life and like I don't know like this whole thing is just really crazy it's because like you know she put her daughter in that situation and like I understand like yeah it was a good thing like it good things sort of came out of it I mean success maybe came out of it I don't know if all good things did some you know maybe financial stability and things like that but you know she that wasn't what she wanted to do uh, in the book she talks about i think she wanted to do something else maybe like a teacher or art or something like artist I, maybe i don't know was it an art teacher i don't know something like that i don't know but regardless it wasn't what jeanette wanted to do and that can really like that affects your whole life i think like it really does it's not it wasn't really fair to her and like Jeanette Jeanette says like she was like the whole world revolved around her you know what I mean like her mom and that that she was like the heartbeat of her life her mom was the heartbeat of her life and I was like well at first that sounds kind of touching you know like oh she's like why like live like she's the heartbeat of my life like come on sounds kind of romantic right but then like you really like she starts talking about it and she's saying how since as early as she can remember her whole life was being like oriented around her mom and her mom was always kept in mind in all her decisions and like her subconscious like decisions and conscious ones and her whole world revolved around her mom or all of it so I don't know it's just wow like it's, it's very like it was selfish in a way of her mom you know like so she says her mom had always had a big impact on the room that she was in whether it was negative or positive you know it was just a strong one not 
necessarily one or the other just like a really strong impact and i'm like i i don't know like that can that has so much power that can mean really good things or really bad things and i'm just i it's just kind of like crazy how you you think of that and it's just like that could go either way and i mean we kind of know which way it went a little bit of both but I don't know, it's just a lot. And, like, although Jeanette didn't always agree with her on, like, everything, or even on most things, she didn't know how to, like, locate that part of her voice that she had. That's, like, allows her to speak what she wants to or say what she wants to or just voice her own opinion, really. She didn't have that. And she says that in in an interview with Tom Power. And he says how her mom would ask or, like, expect Jeanette to do certain things. And then she definitely doesn't want to do that, you know? And she would go on in the book to, like, write paragraphs and paragraphs about how she loathed it like she did not want to do it i mean like she like absolutely like fucking like despised the idea of whatever it was that she was writing about and then she would follow it up with okay mom no problem she would write in the book like okay no problem do you know how damaging that is like she won't she's not able to like voice her own opinion and like to like live like that for years and years and years like i'm sorry but that's kind of crazy like i don't know so yeah it's just uh, the childhood acting and being denied for roles eventually made Jeanette thinks she was not pretty enough for the roles or in her mom's eyes. Which is, like, detrimental, you know? Like, that's detrimental because, once again, her whole life was revolving around her mom. So, now that's creating an internal thing, like, oh my god, like, this is not... Okay, like she wasn't she thought she wasn't good enough she thought she wasn't like pretty enough and it's just so sad Jeanette also says in the Tom Power interview that she remembers her mom when screaming at her agent on the phone because she couldn't get into this one project and her mom was like mad and really confused because she couldn't like essentially Jeanette didn't get in and she didn't know why and the response from the agent sorry hold on what the fuck oh my god this is a strong charger I wish it's like I had as much grip on anything in my life as that fucking charger did on my laptop oh my god um so anyway So she said, like, basically her mom was, like, screaming and whatever at this agent. And long story short, the agent's answer was, oh, well, unfortunately, it's because, like, you know, Jeanette is not an 
you know, ethereal, like, beauty and, like, so beautiful and, like, that's just what they were looking for in that specific role. Not not to say every single role is going to be like that, you know, but they said she was looking too homely. So, yeah. And Jeanette writes in the book, this was when she writes, it was the first time I wished I was prettier. At what, like six or seven? That's so sad. Like, that is so sad. Anyway, I'm sorry. I should have mentioned this is like a little bit of a heavier thing. But you know what? Good does come out of it. So hold on. Um, but yeah, so Jeanette talks about then. She's like, Jeanette and um, her mom basically say they had a routine weekly like Rite Aid trips where her mom would go get like hair highlights and whitening strips and like eyelash like gel and like all these crazy things to, like, help Jeanette's appearance. Like, she says Jeanette, or Jeanette says her mom was, like, obsessed with her appearance all the time to help her get into roles and everything like that, especially after that whole, like, problem of her not getting into it, you know, into that one role. So, like, that's just crazy. And, like, imagine sitting there with, like, six years old with, like, your mom doing your highlights. And, like, at first, like, I mean, yeah, that sounds okay. But then sitting there with, like, putting the eyelash makeup and wearing this clothes and, like, doing this and doing this to make yourself look constantly prettier. Like, you're, like, first off, that's uncomfortable to just be sitting there with all that stuff on all the time. And then eventually you come to this realization, like, oh, my God, like, am I not good enough how I am? Like, are you for real? Yeah, that's crazy. And Jeanette hit puberty, which instilled more fear in her because she knew that it might cost her even more roles. And not only that, but her mom didn't want her to grow up. This caused Jeanette to wonder if there was a way to prevent or slow her growth. And that was when her mom introduced her to calorie restricting calorie restricting (laughs) at like 10 like minus 10 years old like what the fuck is that and dieting culture oh my god something her mom was already doing by the way they would begin to share salads meals count calories weigh themselves together And she thought that this was, you know, her and her mom's way to be closer, like a way to bond, you know. And she later discovered that was not the case at all. Jeanette explains how when you are a part of a community like this or even in a group of people or something that shares interests as you, it's easy to feed off their behaviors and their beliefs. And then, you know, that can make it easier to lose sight of reality or other people's perspectives or uh, anything, like any other perspective but that one. And it's good to look at things from a different perspective to expose yourself to a lot of things. So that is a whole other thing that is just bad because that eventually led 
Jeanette and trigger warning. E- ED trigger warning, okay? Uh, it led her to develop anorexia and later bulimia. Yeah. So when you say, oh my God, like that title is really intense. Well, isn't this stuff intense too? Like very intense. And Jeanette went on for five plus years later, like later down the line when she was done with her, like I would say like when she was done with her iCarly career and everything, she went on for five plus years in therapy, trying to work past or through these past traumas and therapy so she could, you know, one, move on from it and find what was worth sharing out of these experiences, which I think, damn, like, wow. So, it's just a crazy book. Like, I don't know. That was my notes for it. Um, here, let's go into my thoughts before I talk about my other thoughts, I guess. So I wrote, although I didn't read the book, by the way, I did listen to the audiobook, but I'm saying like, look, it was, I think, more powerful, honestly, than reading the book. Because yes, the book is written by her coming from her mind straight to the page and then going back into yours but why why would you have that when you can literally have her read it to you herself reading the book to you so that's what i did and i listened to her audiobook and so i got the feeling and the mood of the book by both experiencing the explicitly written words but also translated through her tone and voice and the voice we all are like now we're familiar with. We, you know, are comfortable with. And she has a a sense of like humor in this book, like a dark sense of humor, obviously. But you really get that when it's coming from her specifically and not just, you know, in at least for me, like, if you like read it, it could go a different way. So, uh, yeah. So I wrote that, and I also wrote like, I really liked the book. It was my first book I listened to slash read in a long time, and it reintroduced me to how meaningful and powerful books can actually be. So, I was just like, oh wow! I honestly forgot. Like I, it's because I don't read. You know, I don't fucking read unless it's something on my phone and that doesn't really count. So, but then again, I never wanted to read as a kid because it always basically turned into a negative experience. I was forced to read a book I didn't want to read or have it done by a certain time or, you know, just like stupid stuff like that. Or it's like, why, why? when I could just read when, what I want when I want, you know, and then I would read more. So I was just resentful of reading, honestly. Um, I'd rather read a book I chose and have time to, like, really digest it and sit with it. Uh, but I, at the end of the day, my overall thoughts, um, I have a lot of respect for her. 
Uh, I think she might like write more books. I think she said she wants to do that. She said she was iffy on getting back into acting because obviously like she's really good at it. Yeah. But that's once again, wasn't what, you know, she didn't say, damn, I really want to get good at acting. No, from the beginning, like as early as she can remember, that's all she was supposed to be doing is acting. So, and she even talks about like how, how she was envious of her brothers and how that they could just exist and live how, and like exist how they were, dress how they wanted to do whatever. And yeah, so, but I'm really, I have a lot of respect from her, for her. And I'm like really proud of her for like doing that for herself and for her, like the book success. Cause it did like break records when it first came out. So I don't know how it's withstanding the, the test of time, but I mean, I still think it was a really good book. And I, in a few years, I would sit down and list, like listen or read it again, you know, thought, I think a documentary would be even good for her too. But I mean, I guess I'd be like double the content, but like whatever. I don't know. But yeah, so that's the main topic I wanted to talk about. That's why I gave it most of the time. I don't know how long the second one's going to take. It's a little bit smaller than that. But I think it's worth talking about because it is somebody severely underrated. Like you probably have never even heard of this person. Give me a second while I get a sip of my drink. And make sure that my computer didn't decide to fucking pass away while I was talking. She's fine. While I'm taking this drink, think hardly about going to listen listen to or read I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy. Because I think you should. And also think about who I'm about to talk about because you probably don't have no idea. Yes, I eat ice. Okay. So, the person I want to talk about is a uh, songwriter, singer-songwriter. It's a uh, a girl. And she, I think, is very talented and underrated. So, let me, let's, let's talk about her. So, her name is Elio, E-L-I-O, all capitals, uh, but yeah. Elio, um, her, her actual name is Charlotte Grace Victoria Lee, and she was born in the late 90s. Uh, let, me, let me move this back. She was born in the late 90s, and she's a Canadian singer-songwriter. She is, she is. Canada pushing out some talent, okay. Um, but she makes, like, alt-pop music, like, alternative like pop just like ooh, like she she has some good stuff okay and she has more than just the one ep that we're gonna talk about but it's i think so far i think it's my favorite even though it's not her most recent work that doesn't mean it's not my favorite because i it is let's be real um but yeah so she was uh, born in the late 90s, um, but she makes all her music, uh, I mean, up until this, uh, 
the article where I got my notes from. She, uh, she has a, a home studio, okay? And we all know what comes out of home studios is good music, okay? That's what I've discovered in my time of listening. Billy. <clears throat> Phineas. <clears throat> anyway, so. Yeah, she makes her music in her Toronto home studio. And I wanted to talk about her because she's just, like, super talented. And, like, she's super talented, but even more so than her talent. She's underrated, okay? Okay. So, the first song... The first song that I ever listened to or heard from her was a song called Hurts to Hate Somebody. Back in, like late 2020 early 2021 and i had that shit on repeat okay i don't know where it came from i think it was just like one of my recommended like songs but it it i just remember being so catchy the production is like simple but and the message is self-explanatory but it's just like something about the instrumental and just like just the vibes are just good it's good but sad at the same time but mostly good uh yeah but anyway it left me wanting more because i don't know i i wanted more of that song but i also i well i think i heard like some other other ones like right after that because i i just i remember listening to that one and one other one i can't remember exactly which one it was right after um but anyway yeah i love this ep oh that's which one one it is here uh i said i love this ep single charger which talks about the moment in time where it seems like there was an end in a relationship or like just a moment of contention in the relationship where it seems like she leaves like her like other at home i guess like uh, she leaves him or her at home, but she realizes that she forgot her charger there, and she's only on 3%, she says, and she doesn't want to go back because, quote, it'll make it harder. Yeah. I don't know. She... She's just good. Like, I don't know. She's so good. The song also has a remix of a feature of Charlie XCX, so if you like her... You might also like this a lot. I don't know. I To be honest, don't kill me, but I'd rather listen to it just with Elio than with Charlie XCX. But yeah. That one is a really good one. And she goes, I'm 3% away from being stranded. And she goes, that's so classic. She said, don't want to be put back, back in a moment where I would want to change my own mind. So she's like, no, I don't want to go back because, like, I know if I go back, like, I'm going to change my mind. And I made I made this choice for a reason, you know. I don't want to be swayed. Maybe she knows that, how, how she might be swayed if she goes back. So I... I take a listen to that song it's just like airy like the vibe is like airy like 
it's kind of like melancholy but like also like just stop i love it actually i'm like now i want to like just go listen to it and that's it so and i might play i might play a clip or something of a song that i if i need feel like you need to hear it oh okay so so both of those songs and all of these songs are from the ep uh called can you hear me now by the way it's called can you hear me now and the like the uh cover art is so pretty it's like a sunset it matches it matches so fucking good i love i love when a cover art matches the sound the the visual like just the imagery just anything like if if it matches and you just get it like you see it and you're like that is supposed to be that like that is what it's supposed to be Okay, so look. I love this EP, oh my god. Okay. The other song that I really like, it's one of my favorites from this EP. And the title is so cool, and it is so fitting. It's called at elio.irl. Are you fucking for real right now? Like, you have to, I mean, you have to be, like, kind of severely, like, on the internet to, like, understand that title. But also, like, come the fuck on. Like, that is an offensively good title. Especially when you hear that song. And, like, I'll try to, I'm gonna try to explain why this is such a good title. Ooh, oh my god, my iPad just started scrolling around. Anyway, oh my god, we're almost at 20, 30 sec, 30 fucking minutes, I don't care, I don't care, and if you care too, then you can leave, okay, you can leave, that's it, this is a choice to be here, and then, like, if you don't want these vibes, then bye, so, I'm trying to find where the fuck I was because it decided to scroll around. Okay, so this title is so fitting in the song because it seems to talk about how a relationship is either starting to form or was once something and is now disappearing due to, like, a long-distance situation. So, like, somewhere in that gray area, you know, you're just in a gray area of a relationship, whatever it is. You know, you could, it just could be just starting and you like, you know that this fuck, I think this is why this song is so good because that feeling, the feeling that you're, this song captures is so good. Like it's such a specific feeling and like, I, I know this feeling. I think everybody does. So it's what, say when, say you're talking to somebody, right? You meet somebody, you're talking to them. And you have that like feeling and you're like, I don't know if this is going to work out, but it definitely could, you know, (laughs) it definitely could just living for, you know, like as Taylor Swift says, living for the hope of it all, you know, like it could work out, but it probably won't. Um, 
that's what this is like kind of about and so it's like when you're in that you meet somebody and you're like you're in that mindset and you're like going along with it and then that feeling just starts to get worse and worse when you're growing like oh i really like this person and that other person's just beginning to flake out on you and like just be very distant very uh what the fuck is the word like just very like unresponsive and inactive like with you and being short and you start to realize like fuck like what did i get myself into and then they ghost you i think we've all been there and i think that this song is talking about the feeling that i the feeling that you get when you're in that state in that position and that's I think it captures it good. So it could be either that situation or you had something really good and you know it's you know it's late, like fading and you don't know what to do about it. Something like that. So, yeah. Anyway, now I can actually focus. I'm sorry if uh I'm like talking. I'm so like I had a Celsius before this. Anyway. So, yeah. So it seems like it's like maybe possibly a long distance relationship, something like that. Uh, the song sounds kind of dreamy, like laced with like teenage love, but confusion or just youth, youth and not naiveness, being naive. I don't know. That's what it it, it gives, you know. Um, it just gives a feeling, but creates that feeling of, like, missing somebody and longing for somebody, like, what I was just saying. These are my notes, okay? So, like, I'm bouncing between. But that's what, that's what it gives. And she says, we're talking just to waste time, and I don't want to say goodbye. Then the song continues with the theme of, like, the relationships over the phone. It says, when you get this, can you ring me back? Can you hear me now? EP title call me when you're done with that can you hear me now and it's like so desperate it sounds like so desperate but like so in love like but like so like confused at this all at the same time I think it's so good and I just think it's really good and this part okay the next part I love this line. It says, as we disconnect on FaceTime in real life. So it's like playing and like, it could be a long distance relationship, but it also could just be like an analogy, like of disconnecting in real life. Like, or just like, you're not connecting with this person anymore. It's, and you know it. And she's like, damn, like, I don't want to say goodbye. It's so good, but I don't want to, like get flagged or anything so yeah and the song kind of uses the over the phone references a lot it ties into like a real reality slash in-person situation for the romantic and physical like separation of the party as we disconnect in facetime on facetime in real life she talks about like doing whatever she can to be relevant in this distant person she's craving attention for like she wants their attention she's trying to stay relevant to them and she's uh 
she writes, I know I'm not there right after the part that I just played you. It says, I, I know I'm not there, but just call me if you need me. Sent you something just to listen to as you're driving through to Tennessee. And then she go back. She goes back to the disconnecting idea as she sings because life keeps moving and I'm still frozen here. Are you fucking kidding? I'm still frozen here. Like, you know, like when you're frozen, like on FaceTime and you're just like, fuck, like your fucking face is frozen. And she's just like taking that and using it. It's like, fuck, I'm frozen on our FaceTime call right now. And their FaceTime call is the relationship. It's the relationship. I swear to God, if you don't listen to this full fucking song and just sit there and vibe after this, I'm going to be pissed. Okay. Anyway. Stop. It's so good. And then she says all that stuff and blah, blah, blah. I'm still, life keeps moving and I'm still frozen here. Okay, we've got one more song to talk about. I know we're almost at 40 minutes, but I fucking told you there was a lot. I fucking told you. So if you don't believe me, I'm sorry. Like, that's your problem. Next time I say that, believe me. And I know I said that before, but just suck it up, you know? So look, here we go into the last song that I desperately need to talk about. It's the final track on the EP. This mic is pissing me off yet again. (laughs) What the fuck? Oh? So, yeah. This, yeah. There we go. So, it's the final track on the EP. It's called Fabric. That's what the song is called. Um, And I love that title. Thank you for bearing with me, by the way. If you've made it this far, you're a fucking legend. You're a fucking legend. Sorry, but you are. Uh, Anyway, it's called Fabric. And this one talks about how she's, quote from the song, always trying to please another and how she feels behind in life because her friends have their life sorted sorted out and that this has also affected her relationships with people as she she's too busy crying in the fabric yeah um just fucking wow so i love how she doesn't specify in the song what kind of fabric it is she never does she just says i'm too busy crying in the fabric and i actually am gonna play you a part of this song too so oh well but she says that and um to me i love i I love that because it could be anything it could be anything to me these are the things that i think of it's like Maybe it's her bedding, you know, maybe she's home alone crying into her bedding or it, maybe it's at night, literally 3 a.m. And you can't stop crying because you're so maybe you're sick to your stomach about that uncertainty, that gray area she was in. Maybe she, she did break up. Who knows? And then 
It could also be maybe the shirt of a loved one. The shirt of a loved one that she's leaning on as she's crying. This is probably... This is the one my mind goes to because I'm fucking... I am just fucking... I don't know, sick in the head or something? (laughs) Or just the love to be sad sometimes? I don't know. But it could be a pat like a a hoodie that she has of her like past boyfriend or the boyfriend that she just that just ended it with her and it's like super late or like that night and she's like crying she's crying in it and she's crying into that fabric and she's thinking about how this how she made her life all about this guy and now she's so behind in life and all her friends that were like you know, she talks like just like names like different people in the song and like how she's like, oh, this person's got this sorted and she's moving to New York and she just graduated and she's just here crying in the fabric. Ellie is just crying in the fabric and now she's behind in life because she put all her energy into this guy that nothing came out of it, you know? It's just fucking crazy. Fucking crazy. Oh my god, stop. So yeah. It could really it could be anything. So overall I wrote I love this EP. She has other projects that are also worth checking out, but this one is definitely my favorite. She has a similar softness to her voice as Billy and even some Taylor songs. But she has a powerful she has the power, I, I mean of Lord to evoke youthful emotions, like naive emotions, but those deeply strong feelings that you feel specifically as, you know, in your younger years, because everything feels so intense then. Um, yeah. Some of Elio's songs also have pop elements. She is definitely someone I'd recommend who likes that kind of music and songwriting. So yeah, Ooh, very, but anyways, she definitely is, like, very Billy, like, and, like, in the absolute best way possible, like, she has some great qualities that remind me of Billy, Billy, what the, I'm, like, talking about Billy, talking about Lord, talking about Elio, and maybe Liability, that is a song from Lord, so good, from Melodrama, and we are doing a Melodrama a whole a whole episode on melodrama because that album that album i think is one of the best albums of my time if you have a fucking problem or disagree first it's because either one you didn't listen to it two you listened to it and you didn't actually listen actively to it and three it's just because you have bad taste at that at that third reason. If you still don't like it at that third reason, you have actual problems. I'm sorry. So yeah, please go check it out. She's so underrated. I really, literally, I thought while I was doing like making my notes and stuff, I was just like looking like looking at some like facts and stuff on her Spotify page. And there wasn't really much, but it did say. Um, she was performing in Austin 
literally the next day because I was doing that on what Thursday and it said oh yeah she's performing on Friday the 22nd tomorrow Elio is out of nowhere oh my god I was just so ready but you know what I go on there to get tickets guess what show's not happening anymore May maybe take it off your Spotify so you don't fucking get my hopes up. So yeah, that that's everything, guys. I hope this microphone is treating you guys good on your end because it sure doesn't treat me good. Um, and guess what? My fucking computer is still recording. She's such a fucking warrior. She's such a warrior. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, thank you guys. I really I I really really mean it. Thank you so much if you have stuck around to this point. Like holy fuck. Is there actually are you real? Are you a real person? Like that's how I feel about you. Like you are amazing. So yeah. Whoever is just being amazing, keep being amazing. Go read slash listen to um Jeanette's book and listen to Can You Hear Me Now by Elio. Okay. 